Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, timely meetings, part one of two. Here we go. Did you see recently that that article in the New York Times or the, the interview with that senior VP from L Group? Did you see that? Oh, yeah. yeah you, <laughs> I shouldn't ask you this on air, but what did you think about that? I thought it was, I, I thought when a senior VP of a, you know, a company that has a public face says that women are, are, are better than men as managers and then proceeds to deride male managers and uh when most columns in that part of the ma- of the newspaper get you know a few comments and that one got you know hundreds uh, i i think it proves that uh, what she said was inane and unprofessional and part of it she even said oh yeah i show up to meetings late because that way uh, all the guys talking about golf and football is all done and then we can get down to work which i thought right. was incredibly gender biased right right the part about meetings is the part I was actually referring to. <laughs> ah, I see. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the other part uh, struck me as well, but I was going to we can get past that. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole idea of like showing up to meetings late to get past all the chit chat just makes no sense to me. I mean, how, how about like as a leader of the organization, actually setting some standards for meeting protocol? It's pretty standard. I mean, people just think it's okay. They think it's fine to be late to a meeting. And we're reminded about timeliness in meetings when we go to places and the meetings start late and nobody seems to think it's any big deal. And and then when we sort of look around and go, are we going to start or what? Oh, yeah, well, you know, we'll start in a little bit. And there's a, you know, most people tend to be a little bit chagrined about it. But, but, uh, but look, in most organizations, culturally, the meeting of deadlines, think about that for a second. The meeting of deadlines is treated with the same respect as timeliness uh, in going to meetings. Right. If yeah. your culture supports meeting lateness, which the majority of cultures, organizational cultures that we see do, we suspect that culture also tolerates missed deadlines. And, and in our experience, over and over and over again, it does. Yeah, you were sharing this with me, I guess, it must have been several months ago. It surprised me because anybody who knows me knows I'm not a runner. But you're describing how sprinters get faster at sprinting. Share that with folks. It's kind of instructive. Yeah, I, I, when I read it, I was stunned. One of the ways sprint coaches help sprinters go faster is they make their legs go faster. And the way you make a human being's legs go faster is you make his or her arms go faster. That's what they do. They say, speed up your arms, and then we'll try to get your legs to keep up. And, you know, basically, that's our analogy to if you want to start meeting more deadlines, if you want to create a greater sense of urgency in your organization, start running your meetings on time, and you'll find that people respond uh, better to deadlines because meetings are a form of deadlines. Good. All right. So with that introduction, what's the outline for today's show? We've got uh, five major points. Uh, first of all, we're going to recommend everybody start on time. We've got, f- we actually have six suggestions in there. Um, we're going to recommend some ways you can stay on time. We have four recommendations for staying on time. We've got three recommendations for how to end on time. Then we're going to also recommend that um, 
unlike some situations where people try to shame latecomers, we don't do that. We just recommend that as a manager, we give feedback to those people who are late. We do that during our one-on-ones. Uh, and then lastly, we've discovered that when you put in place this this culture of being on time with meetings, it's going to take about three instances of the same meeting for people to pick up on the fact that you really intend it. So don't expect it to be overnight. Uh, it doesn't take very long, two or three weeks, but, but uh, uh, it takes three meetings to get people really on board that you intend to have a meeting starting on time. Good. Okay. So in, in our attempt to start meeting more deadlines in the organizations by starting running our meetings effectively, um, it's hard to end on time if you don't start on time. <laughs> yeah. If you don't start your meeting on time for whatever reason, you know, good or bad, you know, don't sit around wishing that you that, that they did start on time. If you allow meetings to not start on time, don't get frustrated that, you know, deadlines are not getting met because th- that we, we believe they're related. As I said, meetings are a form of deadlines, just like deliverables on any project, right? Or on any individual tasks that you assign uh, in the Horstman's Law of Project Management, who does what by when, meetings are the equivalent of you be here by now, right? It's a simple task with a deadline, be in a certain place at a certain time. It's not terribly complicated. No, it's, it's even worse, right? Because if your meeting doesn't start on time, it probably won't end on time. And that means right. the meeting that's after yours is not going to start on time. And it just cycles through the entire day and nothing starts on time. Right. And people, you know, they say we're back, I'm back to back to back to back in meetings. And so the first one starts late and then you're, you're doomed the rest of the day. And it's not as if every hour long meeting takes an hour and 30 minutes. That's not the issue at all. It's just meetings start late and then, and then it's okay. There's somehow a culture that, well, after about, you know, an hour, we're going to go. And so if we started late, we'll, you know, if we started at nine, we're supposed to start at nine. We start at nine ten. Uh, well, we'll finish at ten ten, and then we'll move on to our next meeting. Of course, as we say, that ripples throughout um, throughout the yeah. day. Somebody's got to break the chain. I mean, come on, it might as well be you, right? I mean, let's 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 start doing. Let's start acting like we'd like others to act in the organization. Start something. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being known as the manager who starts your meetings on time, right? Now, look again. It's okay to say our culture doesn't support meetings starting on time. You know, we, we can't know for sure, for those of you who are listening, what what the culture of your organization is. But if none of the meetings you go to in your organization don't start on time, then you're right. Your culture doesn't support meetings starting on time. Now, we would suggest that your CEO wouldn't like it if he or she discovered that. And frankly, it would probably irritate some senior people, although not, not this particular person at L. But if the meetings you're going to don't start on time, then okay, that's the culture. And it's simple though, really simple. If you want to change the culture, what do you do? You change your behavior. You know, as Gandhi said, I've said it several times on the air, we must be the change we wish to see in the world, right? If it is to be, it's up to me. And uh, regardless of whether your culture supports it or not, you can make this change for the meetings that you run. Uh, The people that come to those meetings on a regular basis will appreciate it. It is a seminal professional change, and it has all kinds of benefits. And as we've said, one of those is deadlines on projects and tasks. Yeah. Okay. So starting on time, I mean, that's not going to surprise folks when we say you need to start your meeting on time. A lot of people know that, but yet they don't do it. So do you have any some suggestions on how we go about starting time? What, what are some actions we can take, some behaviors we can engage in to help us get that meeting started on time? 
Yeah. Some of this we're going to mention are bits and pieces of our effective meetings protocol. The first one is you, you uh, if you want to increase the chances that people come to your meetings on time, pre-publish an agenda. If you're not doing it, doing so will send a message that your meetings are, you know, let's put it this way, if you're not doing it, then basically what you're saying is, uh, hey, my meetings are like everything, everybody else's. They're unplanned events. We're going to go for a little while and some stuff is going to get talked about. Maybe something's going to get decided. Maybe something's going to get discussed. But nothing concrete has to happen. In other words, this is not this is not a time-limited event, even though on our calendar there's a specific time for it. Well, if we don't get everything done, it's fine, and we can kick the can down the road. And the reason we publish an agenda in advance is to send a message saying, no, that's not the case. This meeting has a certain start time, a certain finish time. There are certain agenda items on it, and we're going to send a message that we're going to get things done during this meeting. And I think probably the biggest mistake that people make about meetings, Mike, is that they believe that it's just, uh, you know, all you have to do is send out a thing saying, hey, we're going to talk about these four things. Most managers think of an agenda as a list of topics below a gen- generic or a larger meeting topic itself or meeting title. And, you know, look, it's better than nothing, but that's not an agenda. The discriminating factor that turns a list, uh, you know, a, a list of topics into an agenda is that every topic on agenda on an agenda has its own start and end time. And if you're really sharp, it has an owner. And by the way, on a professional agenda, you don't actually have to give it give any topic an end time because the end time of topic one is the start time of topic two. And the real time management brilliance in agendas, the reason they work is because we have to decide in advance, if we're the meeting leader, how long we're going to spend on each topic. If we don't do that, then we just have a list and we allow anyone at any time to stretch or compress any item on our list to any length. And if we only have an hour, that's not going to work. Yeah, I can hear folks though. That I tell you, for a lot of folks, that's difficult. That's a skill they don't have. Yeah, I can see that. And, and you know, we, we've argued before that, that, um, Really, it's not, even though people worry about it as a skill and people surprise it, we get calls saying, you know, get emails saying, how, how do I break this, this, uh, this meeting up? What, what, how much time should I spend on this side and the other thing? Right. Which is a little bit surprising well, you know, for it's, us. Cause not all completely in your control, right? You don't know who's going to bring stuff to the table. People aren't, there, there's no pre-briefing going on. Um, so you, you have no idea who's going to hijack the meeting. You don't have, you have no idea how long a particular topic's going to, going to go. And so you just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And yet. Most of us know all we need to know in terms of how to allot time on various topics. Look, it's as simple as maybe I give 15 minutes to Project X, but I only give 10 minutes to Project Y and only five minutes uh, to the team offsite planning uh, update or whatever. But really, it's an unpracticed skill among most managers that we know. People don't know how to do it. They say they don't know how to do it, but but it's simply not that hard. And and what frustrates us about this, we really think it's questionable to call oneself a professional manager if we you run meetings and you aren't willing to make, aren't willing or say we're not able to make choices, which are essentially decisions in advance about how long is needed to be spent on various topics. And that's the key here. That is the key, which is we're making decisions in advance of what warrants all the people in this meeting spending time on and it's a decision. And, and frankly, some managers don't like to make decisions, which is probably a, a completely different topic. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I also think part of it is that they're afraid they're going to be wrong. Right. I mean, well, sure. That's why we don't make decisions. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Even if, 
in the beginning, we were to choose where we think people are going to want to spend the most time. In other words, well, topic B is the one that's going to generate the most most heat or whatever. And, and frankly, we think that's a bad choice. Um, but but it is serviceable after a fashion, so to speak. But but um, we're better off if we use that as a guidepost and if we just list five things that we're going to talk about and we take the first one until it's done, we take the second one until it's done. And then if we're done with an hour and a half meeting, well, we didn't get to the last three and, and maybe we ought to just put them in order of importance. But here's the thing. We don't achieve success when it comes to meetings by simply avoiding failure. And those managers who aren't willing to make a choice in advance and say, I think this is going to take 15 minutes or I, I need 10 minutes for this or I need 15 minutes for that. That's avoiding failure. If you don't make a choice because you're afraid you're going to be wrong, you're avoiding failure. And that will keep you from having great meetings. So, but look, there are some simple things we can do or at least ideas that will reduce the risk of us planning our meetings and deciding how much time each of the topics takes, okay? The first one is really, if our meeting is only 90 minutes long, I would suggest how wrong can we be? It's not like we're choosing to give two hours to something that really only needs 10 minutes, right? And since we're already meeting and we're already kicking things down the road to the next meeting very, very often or having separate meetings, you know, within a day or two afterwards, I would argue that if you're off by 15 or 20 minutes on any one item, it just doesn't matter all that much. There's usually too many topics for any meeting. And so, the topic list is going to be pinched or or how much time we get to spend on each topic is going to be pinched anyway. So if you pinch something and you give it too little, you can always talk about it in the next meeting, which you would do anyway. Second, if we give too much time to something, that's fine because we don't have to use all the time that we've allotted, right? When When we make the decision we want to make, or we get the briefing that we wanted to get, or we agree on the approach we were trying to agree on, whatever it was we set out to achieve in those 10 minutes, if it took us five, we move on to the next topic, right? So once done, it's done. We don't sit around twiddling our thumbs waiting for the next agenda you know, topic time to, to come to us so we can start it. Give 10 minutes to something on the agenda that you're pretty sure you only need three minutes for, and basically you've got seven minutes back right away. And then the last point is, so what if we're not that good at it, right? I mean, even if we're off by 50%, we give 10 minutes to something that should take 15 or we give 15 minutes to something that should, should take 10, we're going to get better at this pretty fast. We're going to learn what takes longer and what tends to take shorter. And after four or five meetings, it's going to be, we're, we're going to get really good at it. You know, we're humans. We're clumsy the first time we do something. But on the other hand, we can do a lot of things once we learn how. So this is just a case of doing it, being wrong a little bit in the beginning. We're already wrong now when we just have this list and we don't get through all of our topics. So we're not going to be any more wrong. We're going to be wrong in a different way. And maybe it'll look a little bit embarrassing because we're going to be wrong about choices and, and it's going to be frustrating. We're going to have to facilitate people to finish on a given topic when there's actually more to, to say. And, and we're going to have to essentially support our earlier wrong decision by saying, I'm sorry, we only give this 20 minutes. We're going to have to talk about it at the next meeting. And maybe we need to give it more time the next meeting. Okay, fine. But the benefit to the team and the fact that when people start going to meetings that start on time, have an agenda and stick to the agenda and then end on time, people love it so much. They're willing to forgive you the fact that in the first three or four meetings, you're off by a little bit in your agenda planning. Good. Well, we're, need, we're going to need to come back to that point about facilitating the meeting because I know folks there are, are out there with some discomfort around cutting off somebody if they run late. Yeah. So we're we're going to come we're going to come back to that. So on this particular point, look at folks just just send out the agenda. 
Now, frankly, it's going to surprise some folks, and 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 that's okay because they're going to be surprised, and they're going to assume that this meeting is going to be something different, something a little special, and even better, just in the note, just say, we'll be starting promptly. That'll get them thinking. Right. And look, to be fair, we understand there's some risk here. There's risks of, uh, of learning how to be better in front of your team. And as Mike said, you said it recently, I don't remember which client we were at. Um, one of our client engagements, we were talking about effective managers. You said, look, you know, yeah, your folks are going to laugh at you. If you're a manager, your folks are going to laugh at you when you try this new thing. And it's kind of awkward, but they're already laughing at you now. <laughs> let's at least, I mean, you know, let's at least have them laugh about us trying to become more professional and knowing what we're doing and why we're doing it. Good. So, yeah, we respect that there's some risk and there may be a little bit of, I didn't do that that well. But if it's in the service of I'm getting better, we encourage you to do it. Good. Now, you said something, and I think we need to make this clear because we didn't state this explicitly, which is, you know, many of our, our listeners are in a lot of meetings where they're running a meeting and it's across the organization, right? So they may be a manager, but they have directors in, in the meeting, right? And and in, in your previous statement, you said something along the lines of, well, when you're running your meeting for your team. And, you know, if you want to be a professional and you want to be an executive at some point, you need to learn to run meetings across a team of your peers or a, a team that consists of people who are actually superior and ranked to you. But that's not where you start, right? If you're not doing effective meetings today, Good point. then start with your team, right? And and so please don't write us a bunch of emails about how you can't get some VP to shut up if you're just a manager. Don't start there. That's not where the problem lies. The problem lies in the meetings that you're running for your team. Start there. Exactly. And when you get really good at that, then start including those meetings that that uh, your peers are coming to. And maybe you'll have to roll it out a little bit more slowly. And and one other thing, too, we didn't I think we talk about this in the effective meetings cast, which is if you are not running the meeting, we have two two comments for you. One, don't complain to us that now that you're running your meetings, it's impossibly hard to sit through meetings that are poorly done. If you're running your meetings effectively and you go to meetings that aren't run effectively, it's going to drive you bonkers. But uh, we're sorry. That's not an excuse to not make yourself and your organization, your part of the organization better. And the second thing is, look, if you're not running the meeting, don't make a pest to yourself or don't act unprofessionally about the fact that this other meeting that you're involved in isn't being done the right way. Um, sit back, relax, contribute as best you can. If you're asked for guidance or so on, please offer it in a professional way, but don't make your efforts at improving your meetings become a problem for other meetings you go to, whether ones that are with your peers or your bosses and so on. Yeah. And go slow. Start with, as you said, start with the meetings that you control and get those done really, really well. And frankly, probably people, your boss and others will start asking you to run other meetings because it'll be perceived that you know how to run a meeting that stays on time. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you brought up the point about not being a thorn in everybody else's side when it comes to their meetings, right? We've seen our advice applied in some very interesting ways. And going around and telling people how messed up they are is not huh. a real good, good place right. to start. It's not one of those relationship-building moments, that's for sure. No, no. Yeah, exactly. The opposite. So, okay. So, you've been in meetings, right, where the, the meeting owner shows up like 10 seconds before the meeting is ready to start. And then at the yeah. appointed time, then they start shuffling their papers and getting organized. And pretty soon, they're three minutes late just simply because they didn't show up on show up early. And so our second point here is show up early to your own meetings. Yeah. It's pretty much a rookie manager mistake to breeze in right around the start time and set your stuff down, say hello, open your notes, pass out agenda copies, and then starting and discover you're starting 
three minutes after the starting time. That's not very, very auspicious. Look, if you if you're going to start a meeting on time, you have to be early enough to have all of our stuff set down, uh, coffee handy, pre-meeting chats all finished, your notes open, your agenda out, everything. And look, there's nothing wrong with with being a little bit early. It, it sends a clear message when you are at the head of the table, if that's where you want to sit. When you're the meeting leader, you're at the head of the table. You're staring at your clock or your watch, waiting for the meeting to start. Frankly, those of you who have been to a conference have seen me do it. Uh, I stand in front of the room and, you know, there's a clock facing the audience and there's a clock facing me, or sometimes there's a clock on the wall if we, if we get so lucky. And I'm staring at the clock, waiting for the clock to come up on eight o'clock or whenever the meeting's scheduled to start. When it's done, it's a little bit unnerving for some people, although it's also essentially preparation for the meeting. Nobody misses the tone of a meeting leader who is in place, ready to do what she's supposed to do uh, and watching the clock to start the meeting. Okay. It sends a message. It, it The tone is this meeting is going to start on time, folks. And I would argue it sends something, it sends another message, which is welcome to the world of adult professionals where we do what we say we're going to do. Yeah. And then start on time, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, I recall railing against a coaching product once that had as one of its steps coaching. Of course, they didn't define what they meant by coaching. Um, and here we are, you know, having a sub step be the same thing as the actual <laughs> media, the, the actual podcast topic. But really what we mean is at the exact appointed starting time, the meeting leader says, okay, we're starting or good morning, or meeting starting now, welcome everyone, or welcome all, our purpose today is X. We don't wait for other people to filter in. Meetings start at a specific time. The definition of a meeting starting is the meeting leader starts the meeting and and, and essentially starts walking through the agenda. If there's one person in the room, it doesn't matter the meeting has started. If the only person in the room is the meeting leader, the meeting can still start. Meetings are not groupings of people. They are a specific timed event, and there are people that are supposed to be there. And we just see too many meetings that start about four minutes late. And and the definition of when to start is when the meeting leader seems to think that there's a critical mass, whether that's six of 10 or four of 10, depending upon who those four are, it seems to change depending upon the person and the company and the culture and so on, which we think is just terribly, terribly inefficient. And and frankly, there's a standoff going, as, as I think we, we've shared with many people before when we've talked about meetings, which is people are standing outside the room saying, I'll go in when she starts. And the meeting leader is saying, I'll start when they come in. And so the meeting inevitably starts five to 10 minutes late. Yeah. I hope people, I hope people got the, the crispness of the, of the start by saying, okay, we're starting or good morning, meeting starting now, welcome. Something that indicates the meeting has started versus, I don't know, these soft openings that I've seen a lot of meeting owners do, right? Which is they sit down about the point in time, if they're starting on time, they start chit chat, right? As a way of kind of just kind of easing into it, making it easier for folks. You know, how you doing, Bob? How's your weekend? And there's five or seven minutes worth of chit chat going on. That's not the start of the meeting. Yeah. I've even seen it where the chit chat happens two or three minutes early. Hey, how's it going? And it's clear that when the meeting leader starts, everybody sort of calms down a little bit, but for some reason it's meeting leader chit chat, which is more important than other people's chit chat. And somehow that's a nice way to ease, as you say, to ease into the meeting, which is just wrongheaded. It's fine to be chit chatting for a couple of minutes. It's fine to sit down, be ready to start the meeting and chit chat with somebody in the room 
And then at the appointed time, say, to look it up at everybody and say, okay, we're starting. And the again, at the very crux of starting on time is looking at the clock, waiting until the stated time, and then opening the meeting at that exact time. You know, the only time you would not start a meeting on time is when everybody is there early. So if everybody's there, you, you start early because shoot, let's get done early and be and go away. We don't wait for anyone. We do not wait for anyone at any time to start the meeting. Just because some or many folks aren't there, just start. And frankly, when those people show up three minutes late and they thought that was the culture and you've already started the meeting and they're a little bit irritated, they also know inherently that that was a legitimate deadline, a legitimate uh, uh, deliverable that they had, you know, who does what by when they were supposed to be there at a certain time. They didn't do it. They might show some frustration toward you. But the fact is, there's a part of them that knows I should have been here on time. And that will increase the chances that they will be on time to your next meeting. And let me just mention something else. I, I, I tell this story. Uh, I've told it frequently. And, and I think it's it's apropos here. We I literally got a call once from somebody who says, look, I need some help with my morning meeting. It used to start at eight o'clock and now it's starting at 915 and everybody's late. And I said, well, why are you starting now at 915? Well, we started at eight and everybody showed up at 815. So I moved it back to 815 and everybody started showing up at 830. I said, well, Gary, that's easy. Just start the meeting at eight. You know, send out a new agenda. Say you're going to start the meeting at eight. Say, please be prompt. And when everybody shows up at 8.15, you'll already be done. Start the meeting without them. And he did it. And after two meetings, everybody started showing up on time. And literally, it was the old standoff thing. They weren't going to come in until he started. And there was no punishment. There was no repercussions for them not being there on time. And he waited for them. So they were being rewarded for being late and having another cup of coffee and a donut. There you go. What do you think about the idea of stating ground rules or restating them simply as a way of, I don't know, demonstrating that you're going to start behaving in a new way. Yeah, I, th I think if you want to make clear your intent as opposed to just behaving differently, which is certainly great, we recommend that folks go ahead and announce that the meeting has some new ground rules, right? If you haven't done ground rules, we recommend you facilitate them the way we suggested in our effective meetings cast. But if you have... And for some reason, you've gotten off track. Maybe you even listed those ground rules before, but you haven't followed them. Say, look, I, I want to remind us of our ground rules, or I want to reintroduce a couple of ground rules. Now, remember, if you facilitated ground rules before and you asked for input, you know, you might think, well, let's do another ground rules facilitation session. You don't have to do that. You can simply say as a meeting leader, I'm going to add a couple of ground rules to our list of ground rules for the meeting. And they are start on time, stay on time, and end on time. And Again, you don't have to facilitate that. You can just say, I'm going to add some new ones. No, no, nobody minds that. That's your, that's your purview as the leader of the meeting. And all it does is state the obvious or give people some advance notice of what, what you're going to do rather than simply acting as if you've gotten religion. Saying it out loud and then maybe mentioning it in your meeting notes if you would like to uh, is a reminder to those people who weren't there who were, or who were late and didn't hear you talk about them. And all you have to do is at the next meeting, say welcome slash ground rules from say, let's say your meeting starts at eight o'clock, but eight o'clock welcome slash ground rules. And just mention, then say, welcome, everybody. Glad you're here on time. Those of you who are here on time, thank you for being here on time. Look, I just want to touch base. I'm going to add three ground rules to these meetings going forward, and that is start on time, keep on track, and end on time. Please let me know if you feel I'm not doing that. That's our new standard. And the way we're going to do that, of course, is publishing an agenda, and uh, I'll, I'll facilitate the meeting a little bit more tightly and so on. And do that a couple of times, and it will help people understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. 
Thanks, everyone. We'll end it right there and we'll finish it up next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.